Good evening and welcome to the Get Football Mercato Show, here every weekday to bring you the latest transfer news from across France, Germany and Italy. I'm your host Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Claudio Perfetto from Di Mazzo, Andrew Thompson from Get German Football News and Rich Allen from Get French Football News. Let's start with Germany this evening in a deal that's Gathering steam as we speak, really, Andrew, just as we came on, there was more news about Jerome Boateng's potential move to Paris Saint-Germain. What's the latest? Uh, the latest is going to be that, uh, according to uh, Sport Bill, that uh, Christian Nerlinger, which is uh, Jerome Boateng's agent, that he'll be conducting talks with uh, Antera Enrique on Thursday. So it looks like you know the protracted transfer saga is going to come to an end. Um, yeah, so I think it looks like PSG got there, man. Yeah, I mean, it would be something that will please both parties in the end. There was a strong push from Manchester United, reports sort of still conflicting over today, whether the, um, the German international had told Jose Mourinho that he wanted to come or wanted to go. It seemed to throw in both ways, depending on who you ended up talking to. But it looks like it will be the, uh, the French champions that get him in the end. We'll... Bayern Munich, although they've had to sort of lower their price from the sounds of things to potentially about 45 million euros from their initial 60 million, will they still be pleased that they can get him out the door for the good for a good amount of money? I think they will be. I think the most important thing is that I mean, every indication that they wanted to sell. Um, and but again, as we said before in previous shows, the question now is going to be how they move forward in replacing him, if they even replace him this year. Um, there's been some strong rumors and interest from them for Benjamin Pavar from uh, VSP Stuttgart, but it, it doesn't seem like they're going to go after him this this season, this summer. Um, so that raises questions before that I've talked about in previous shows. You know, they're going to be a little bit thin on center back, so it looks like we're going to see Javier Martinez deputized there again, potentially, or... As I said before, if Niko Kovac goes with a three at the back, we might see left back and right back playing in a back three with uh, Nicolas Sula, who seems or or Mats Hummels, depending. So, and the positive thing, at least for them, is they've at least got a few more weeks to get a deal done should they want to bring someone else in to replace him. Um, on to Italy now, uh, and Claudio, a man that we've spoken about a couple of times but many thought much more will be spoken about this summer and that's Sergei Milinkovic-Savic of Lazio. The club have said that they've not really had any sort of movement and with a couple of days only left of the, the main destination that many people thought he would be going to, the Premier League shutting, um, does it look like he'll be staying with the Roman side this summer? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the president Claudio Lotito earlier today had mentioned that he has not received any offers for Milinkovic Savic um, this summer, which is surprising because if you would have asked me or anybody really towards the end of the last Serie A season if he would remain at Lazio next year, I think uh, people would have been surprised to hear that he, he would remain there. Um, but I guess the Premier League is ruled out because of uh, the fact that the window is closing tomorrow. I'd be shocked to see him move there uh, between now and then because there hasn't been any stories really uh, regarding a move to England. Uh, Italy, there's about another week, a little bit more for him to move within Italy, but it's going to be tough uh, because not many teams will afford him. Juventus has spent big already and uh, they might be the only realistic option, but uh, then you have the Milan teams, which AC Milan is in a little bit of an issue with financial fair play. So a, a move there does not seem realistic as well. And then Inter, of course, 
are uh, speaking to uh, Modric at the moment. And um, so I don't know if there's any other team in Italy that would be able to to um, sign him. Maybe down the line, Real Madrid uh, could be a contender. But if Lazio is not able to sell him before they could reinforce, I don't see him moving. So it would have to be done, in my opinion, by the end of the Italian uh, transfer window next week. So it's not likely that he moves. And it's an interesting one, given that we th- everyone seemed to think that he would be a mover this summer, but maybe because of other deals not going through, you're thinking of, of, of obviously Juventus spending a lot of money, so there's no traction in, in Italy. In, in Spain's case, the main two there, maybe they're not quite pushing for the big Galactico or the, the, the massive signing this summer, although Barcelona's reportedly still in for Pogba and then you think to the English clubs Chelsea maybe not having enough to spend Manchester United probably sorted in that kind of position because they have someone like Pogba um does it is that the reason why he's not moved in then in the end it might be another season of him having to show that how good of a player he is that it forces someone's hand next summer yeah I'd surprise mostly with the with the English teams to be honest because I personally think he's a perfect fit for the English league because of his uh, physical nature of play. You know, he's very talented and technical, but he also is very physical and uh, athletic. So I always thought he would be a perfect fit for the the Premier League. Um, But like you said, it's just the the market has not been there for him. And and often the market dictates whether a player is going to move or not. And and no teams apparently have made offers for him or at least significant offers because Lotito said that if he were to sell him, he would want more than what Pogba um, sold for to Manchester United uh, two years ago. So it, it remains to be seen, but I, I guess the market has shrunk for him, and that's the reason why he, he's not looking to move at the moment. And it's always surprising when such a good player doesn't quite get the traction you expected to. It's a very, very strange one. Uh, on to things in, well, pseudo-France at least, Richard. Uh, it involves a French player in uh, Kurt Zuma, obviously spent plenty of time in Ligue 1, but um, a number of clubs after him, Everton reportedly looking at a loan deal, but another side that are looking at him, who are looking for every single defender across Europe at the moment, it looks like, is Manchester United. Um, what do you think to a potential deal? I mean, Chelsea seem a little bit reluctant, given they would have to sell to a, a direct rival, but it's not something they've not done before for the Red Devils. But at the same time, it'd be nice for Kurt Zuma to maybe make a move that does see him get more first-team football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a curious one because he's not really done a great deal wrong, but it was just an unfortunate victim of a badly timed injury. Um, he sort of just got his, his um, uh, sort of settled at Chelsea and then picked up that horrible um, that horrible leg break which ruled him out for such a long time. Um, I think he got an excellent move to Stoke last season. Um, <laughs> whether it was good or not, Stoke were one of the teams I saw more frequently than, than most other Premier League teams. And, and he was head and shoulders their best defender. Um, you know, you really saw his quality um, and it really wasn't his fault that he was perhaps surrounded by a lot of lesser players. Um, and I was hoping that, that that move would 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 trigger either Chelsea to react and think, actually, you know what, we've got a good defender on our hands here. Let's look at building him into, you know, utilising him in the coming season. Or they they, they do the, the kind non-rule thing if they're not and, and let him leave um, in, in whatever way possible. Um, he's 23 now. I think he's he's realised that 
now is the time he needs to be settling down needs to be playing first team football in a in a you know in a in a team that he can call his own um he's a quality player you know there's there's no doubt about it he is a really quality player incredibly athletic incredibly strong really quick um I, I would quite like to see what, you know, I, I don't say this often with young players in Mourinho, but I'd quite like to see what he could do at Man United. I think he could be an excellent player there. I'm not totally convinced Chelsea will sell to him. Um, I don't quite know why, if they're not planning on playing him, uh, you know, why I don't know why they would perhaps keep him. Um, he doesn't even seem to be in the sort of first raft of of replacements either. So, it would seem curious. So, so maybe with Everton so so keenly pushing for a defender, maybe the loan deal to Everton would be slightly favoured. But you know, if Man United were to come in with, you know, twenty twenty five million, maybe that would probably get Chelsea's um, get Chelsea's interest. But he is a really good player. He deserves to be playing regular first team football in the Premier League. Um, so it's it's a it's a you know I would like to see him move. You know he's clearly not going to be playing for Chelsea, so a move would be best, I think, for all parties. Hmm. It's it's certainly an interesting one, really, because of the two teams that now seem to be fighting for him for different reasons. But given that Manchester United, I suppose, are looking for some kind of centre back, although they're still rumoured for Alderweireld, for Maguire, for in some regards to some teams, although that obviously seems fruitless now. But which move would you prefer to see him take, Rich? The, the Toffees or the Red Devils? Given that the fact that even at United, even if he is the big centre-back signing that they do, he's not necessarily absolutely guaranteed first-team football. Well, that's the, that's, that is the thing, isn't it? Is, is you know, they, they have a lot of defenders um, they have a lot of defenders there and a lot of defenders that they've spent quite a bit of money on that still aren't making regular football. Um, I'd like to see him make a permanent move. That would that would be my preference, um, just to see that him get settled somewhere. Um, but it's obviously also paramount that he, he gets that regular first-team football, which I, I'd, I'd, I'd have little doubt that he would at Everton. Um, I, I saw the Everton friendly against, the, the pre-season friendly against Wren, and Everton were really poor at the back. Um, you know, Jaggy Elka looked, he looked well, you know, really, really past it. So they, they're in desperate need of of a bit of freshness in that defence. And he certainly would bring that. Um, I would probably, I would probably plump for regular first team football over a permanent destination. So, you know, if Man United weren't going to be able to offer week in, week out football, I'd, I'd probably prefer to see him um, make that loan move to Everton. Yeah, that's always the thing, isn't it? We just want to see players playing football and wherever he gets that chance, so be it. Um, let's go to the roundups now and get strapped in because there's plenty to talk about this evening and we'll start in the Bundesliga. And one man who's heading to the Premier League now is the Freiburg defender Soyuncu um, Andrew he's had an interesting rise over the last couple of years really obviously playing second division Turkish football to, to Freiburg and now looking like he's heading to the King Power um, what kind of player are Leicester City getting? Um, he's very much a ball playing centre back um, he's technically very good um, can initiate moves from, from deep can bring the ball out of the back as well um, 
he's more of a modern center back. You know, he, he doesn't, you know, just kind of just sit as uh, I guess fans of Premier League would think of like a perimeter sacker type, where you just sit near the that that defensive fulcrum while others press around you. He very much he's a four, he's a front forward defender. Um, he came along quite well at Freiburg when he after he arrived, um, and he was sounded out by certainly bigger clubs than Leicester over the last year. Um, Arsenal being one of them, some bigger clubs in Germany as well um, were interested. Um, it's certainly interesting they ended up choosing Leicester, but I think, I mean, for him, it just seems like he just wants to make the next step in a league that might be slightly higher in, uh, in, in grade of difficulty. Um, and because the, all the bigger teams in the Bundesliga aren't really after centre-backs this year, um, I think if he's ready for a move, I think the Premier League would make sense for him. And um, because there's a more progressive in terms of attacking for the type of centre-back that he is, I think it would make sense for him. We know what rumours are going to start up now. He's looking like joining for around a £20 million fee that he will sort of free up the space for Harry Maguire to head on. Uh, again, Fox's fans will be desperate to know um, if he's capable of replacing the Englishman who may be heading to, to Manchester United. Uh, is is he someone that can fit in straight away and will be an asset to the Premier League or, or maybe might it take some time to adapt? I think he can and he will fit straight in. I mean, he's younger, so there's still parts of his game where um, some refinement is needed, of course. Um, but I think this is a, a longer-term investment for the club. You know, obviously, he's, given his age, it's not going to be he's not going to be there for a year or two and then shift on. I don't think. I think he'll actually be um, a longer-term addition to the club. Um, I think you know the way you saw Maguire play at the World Cup and what you saw him last year for Leicester. I think Maguire is a bit more. Um, I guess Brash is a decent term to use than so you mean. I think Maguire gets stuck in more. Um, I think he's more of a threat aerially, especially offset pieces. Um, uh, you know, uh, than so is, but you know, they're getting a slightly different center back, but they're getting a, a very quality center back. And I think so will actually develop into a better center back than Maguire. And um, there are quite a few people in Germany who feel like so can actually reach the very top level uh, in terms of um, his ability. It's just a matter of. Um, being developed the right way and finding the right club to kick on with. So we'll see if Everton, if uh, Leicester is that club. Absolutely. To snatch someone that was always interested in Arsenal this summer, and it looked like he was maybe heading that direction, uh, will be a real positive. Uh, On to someone probably heading in the other direction from the sounds of things, and a bit of a left field move, if you ever saw one, really, is Danny Rose potentially linked with a move to Schalke. It's been a difficult year or so for, for the Englishman, who obviously was linked with, with a number of bigger Premier League clubs. Well, I don't want to say bigger, that's a baby a disservice to Spurs fans, but more traditional top four sides, shall we say, in the Premier League this time last summer. But it's all gone sort of 180, maybe heading to the Bundesliga. What, what do you think to a potential mood and how he might be under a, a Domenico Tedesco there? I think it actually suits him. I think what Rose gives you in an, in an attacking sense, I think you get a, a decent left back, but I think the questions around him are from, from a defensive standpoint. And I think in going to Schalke, that actually suits him. You know, they do play um, a pressing system. Um, they don't actually play with fullbacks, they play with wingbacks. Um, so he'll be further up the pitch. You know, his, his pace will come into play more. He'll be able to get further forward, um, try to get service into the air to some of the strikers, the center forward quality that they do have. Um, and it'll mask his deficiencies on the defensive side of the ball. And I think for that type of player, that's what you need. Um, and I think you'll see time there because they're actually, you know, there's, there's a berth there open. Um, Bastian Rosicka is actually injured right now. And the only other left-sided, you know, uh, fullback or wingback they have is Abdul Rahman Baba. And I don't think he's really kicked on um, 
after he knew with Augsburg and, and did quite well there. So um, I think in, for Rose, I don't. I think the, the Spurs door is closed, but I don't think any obviously permanent clubs are going to want to pay what Spurs are going to want either with the transfer or wages. So I think Schalke makes the most sense for him, and even if it's only a lone move, I think he can actually sort of rebound his career on that. Mm, it's, it seems like, a, especially for English fans, that it might be a bit surprising. But at the same time, the Gelsenkirchen side sort of back on the rise, really. Um, would he be someone who adds the quality for them to push in the Champions League as well as domestically again this season? Yeah, I think so. Again, um, if, if, any, if you have any criticism of Schalke last season, it was maybe they didn't score enough goals. Um, I think as a unit, they, they play quite well and they press quite well. Tedesco's done a wonderful job. Um, in just one year, um, and make no mistake about it, Schalke is a, a, a domestic giant, and they have the capacity and the ability to become um, bigger on the global stage in the way that Dortmund kind of did. Um, I think he'll do well there. Um, I think they'll get the best out of him in terms of what I think what they're looking for and what they're actually lacking. Um, and again, there's players uh, on the other end who I think will benefit from him being there. It's just a matter of if he'll take his chances or not. And let's hope that it will be an interesting move again for an Englishman to, to head over to Germany and test their talents. But maybe a more experienced one would be a great uh, interest to many. Um, on to our final bit of news in the Bundesliga this evening. And it involves Bayern Munich and Nico Kovac coming out that they're not planning a move for Ante Rubich. Maybe not the biggest sort of story of the evening, but no, not the most surprising. But whenever a manager joins any club, they think there might be some following. But the Croatian won't be one of those. No, it certainly won't be in a... Uh... I think he drew more attention to himself after his performances in the World Cup for Croatia. Um, and certainly in the second half of last year for Eintracht Frankfurt, he did quite well, particularly um, in the DFB Copa final. Um, but no, Kovac ruled it out. Basically, you know, without reading the quote directly from Fort Bild, he more or less said that they're overloaded at forward positions right now. And um, going after average wouldn't make sense considering Lewandowski is going to be staying at the club. You know, Thomas Muller is still there. Robin and Ribery are still there. Um, and also, they have uh, Serge Nabry is back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have at least five or six players there who are going to be competing for places. Um, it just wouldn't make any sense for them to make the move at the moment. He didn't necessarily rule it out in the future, but he's just saying for right now, he said, the quote, that we have a high density of quality in this position, so no time will happen after next year or the year after that, but for the moment, you know, they're not going to be a game for him. Mm. And it's not too surprising, like you say, that that, that, that he's not moving, and Rebic sort of, he's, he's sort of stalled in the last couple of weeks as well, with the English window shutting as well, do you think that he looks like he's going to be staying with Eintracht this summer now? I think he will be staying. Um, I'm actually sort of surprised that maybe there wasn't more concrete interest from some Premier League sides. I think he actually fits the league quite well, um, given the type of player he is, um, especially the physical aspect of his game that you know is coveted by a lot of Premier League managers, despite you know the quality he actually does have past that. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if someone might come back in January for him. Um, you know, I think some clubs are getting used to the um, the window shutting a little bit early, and certainly foreign clubs are um, looking at that and saying, you know, maybe we'll do our business after that when the Premier Leagues or Premier League clubs are out of the running for certain players. So he could certainly attract interest from other clubs, from other leagues, uh, as you know, the remaining week or two of the window. But it won't be from the Premier League. But if he is at Eintracht come January, I wouldn't be surprised if a Premier League side does come back in for him. Mm. It'd be strange to see that, that that he had such a world 
a good World Cup and uh, no one really try and take a chance on him and I'm sure Frankfurt might be just as frustrated as everyone else. On to things in Italy and plenty of little updates at least anyway across the uh, the country this evening. Claudio, and we'll start with the big one that we're still crossing our fingers. We'll at least get some motion in the next couple of weeks with the, this window winding down and that's Luka Modric to Inter Milan. What's the latest? So uh, Fabrizio Romano, who's a very reliable, incredible uh, source in Italy, um, just tweeted out recently that Modric is waiting to meet with Florentino Perez, um, which could happen on Friday. I think Perez had, um, had promised to meet with him on Friday, and Modric has to convince the president to, to leave the club. Uh, so it's a difficult task because Real at the moment do not want to to sell him. So it's going to come down to the meeting that they have directly face-to-face on Friday. Absolutely. with Without a, a sort of easy replacement, at least anyway, that's not going to cost them an arm and a leg, at least as well, or as much as Modric would cost uh, Inter, at least. Uh, another player we want to look at who, who may be heading to Inter Milan is, is Keita Balde. It's, it's slowed down a, a little in momentum wise really compared to the sort of rush we had earlier this week Claudio is there anything further on on the potential Monaco man heading back to Italy yeah so on De Marzio, we just reported that Inter is still very interested in signing him Spalletti uh, the manager at Inter really wants him like you said um, yourself when it first came out, it was like a blitz and it seemed like it was going to be a done deal, but it has slowed down. I think part of the reason why it has slowed down is because uh, Antonio Candreva is involved some way or the other. They Monaco would like him and Inter would like to obviously sell him because um, they don't really have a need for him any longer, especially if they sign Keita. So it has slowed down, but now the reports are saying that Keita could move to Inter first, and because the French window closes at the end of the month and not next week, they could work on the Candreva portion of the transfer after uh, the the Keita portion is finalized. So it's looking positive, but not anywhere close to done yet. Mm, and that one will keep a strong eye on. Onto things across town, really, to AC Milan and a couple of deals that have been mentioned to them in the last couple of hours or so and that one involves a bit of a surprise one in uh, Julian Draxler maybe a little bit out of favour with those two big men at Paris Saint-Germain but reportedly been offered to Milan but there's nothing really concrete or, or moving end parts but um, an interesting one for Milan an extra attacker if they were to go for him would he be someone that would suit them? Yeah like you said there hasn't been any any concrete reports so I take it with a grain of salt but it, does, it is a move that makes sense um, because, like you said, he might be a little out of favor at PSG. Milan, these are the types of moves they're looking to make are, are moves with players that maybe are out of favor, but for them could still be a very big leap up in quality. They have to be very creative with how they sign their players because of the financial fair play uh, parameters. Um, but I, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of links between Milan and PSG because of Leonardo's history with the French club. So you have to really just uh, be careful with, with what, uh, what comes out of there. But it would make sense for, for both clubs. PSG also is on their financial fair play parameters, so they would probably not entertain a loan, which would make things very difficult for Milan. So I don't give this much of a chance at the moment. 
No, and that's something uh, Paris Saint-Germain needs to really maybe care. Uh, but a, a move that looks a little bit closer because it would be an initial loan move really is Timu would be back at Yoko of Chelsea. Um, is he getting ever closer to, to entering the San Siro? Yeah, this one seems like it's moving in a positive direction. Bakayoko, um, his brother, who's also his agent, was at Casa Milan today to meet with uh, Leonardo and Maldini. Uh, things seem to be moving in the right direction. Uh, the formula would be a loan with an option to purchase somewhere between 30 and 35 uh, million. His salary is an issue for Milan because it's quite high. And he would really be brought into the team as a uh, a player that can compete with Frank Kessie because last year Kessie made over 50 appearances for the club and really didn't have uh, a backup or someone who could take his spot. I just think Milan worries about him playing that, that many games, number one. Number two, obviously, they would like to bring in some competition for him too because if there's nobody behind him, um, it might hurt his, his progression and getting the best out of him. So this move seems like it, it should be done um, in the next few days. And uh, hopefully it means that uh, Bakayoko can maybe return to that Monaco film. That'll be a bonus for both of them, really. Uh, final deal in Italy tonight, and the one that sort of sprung up on us very late, and Di Marzio, at least anyway, they, they're very good at doing that, aren't they, Claudio? <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, and Napoli... He never sleeps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Napoli looking at another goalkeeper. We mentioned Ospina the other night. We mentioned Ochoa a couple of nights ago as well. The new one on the list is Simon Mignolet. What do we know? Yeah, so they, they've been speaking to um, Ochoa and Ospina from Arsenal over the past few days. They're trying to bring in a reinforcement for Ancelotti once Alex Merrick got hurt. Um, they've, been, they've been working on getting another goalie. I think you know part of them... It's more about it's not only about Merritt getting hurt. I think they would like to just have another option because Merritt is very young, um, uh, and Carnezis hasn't been that that solid in the um, preseason. So they they would like to bring somebody else in. Now they're looking at Mignolet, who maybe they could get more out of. Uh, in Italy, traditionally, um, the goalkeeping coaches have a tendency of getting the best out of players. Just look at Chesney at, at Juventus and Roma. Uh, you know, when he came from Arsenal, he wasn't very convincing. But they spend a lot of time working on with the goalies in Italy. So someone like Mignolet might be able to really take his, uh, his level up at Napoli. But those are the three right now that, that they're looking for, and they would like to get something done immediately because the Serie A season starts next week, and I think they would like one of these guys to be the starter when they take the pitch. Mm, and it's a very interesting one as well, given that very much like the Arsenal one, that um, it's the third goalkeeper, really. So it should be, a, you'd think, at least an easier deal, even when the English window shuts. On to things in France, and the first bit of news does involve a, uh, an Italian club, because the deal for Kevin Malqui to head to Napoli has been confirmed today. Rich, what man are the, um, the uh, Neapolitan side getting? Um, they, yeah, they're getting a pretty good player. He's he's very good going forward. Um, not afraid to to really push on. Um, he's uh, he's got some pace to him. I, I question his defensive abilities. I don't necessarily think he's um, uh, right back. Is perhaps I know that's where he's played, but he has played further forward before. You've got to be careful and, and get him very disciplined on tracking back. Um, he he has that ability to get forward and then sort of forget about his defensive responsibilities, which 
It's one or two right backs in in league and quite like that. Um, but um, you know, for a little over eleven million euros, they're getting an experienced right back. Um, he's played. Um, Lille have had him for a couple of seasons. Got him from Saint Etienne. Um, he know he knows that division well. He's played. They're getting a. I suppose they're getting a, a solid right back. If nothing's too spectacular, um, if that's the kind of player that Napoli want, then great. Um, I don't think it's a particularly huge loss for Lille. Already one or two players um, rumoured to be uh, in in their target to replace Malqui, and I, I actually think they'd certainly one of them would be a potential upgrade um, in, in Rosier from from Dijon. Um, but yeah, I think Napoli fans will look forward to see him getting forward. Whether they end up with him with being frustrated with a lack of tracking back, that'll remain to be seen. And uh, it'd be interesting to see how he does there, given that we we know Napoli are looking for more depth, especially there with with Goulam's injury last season. It'd be important to see if he can maybe add to the quality. Another player potentially at least anyway looking to leave Liga is is a man we've not mentioned really much at all this summer than we might have expected given the end of his season and that's uh, Memphis Depay um, has mentioned to be in sports um, earlier what was it, round about the start, sort of earlier today or late last night it was um, mentioning he quote unquote obviously I would like to move to a bigger club uh, in fairness it is framed around what we'll see what happens he's going to give 100% to the start of the season but is it really surprising that maybe he's looking to already be uh, moving on to a, a, another side uh, rich um no we know we know that he's got this about him um we saw it at, at man united we've seen it numerous times at leon where he's expressed that you know clearly he believes his talent lies beyond leon and somewhere bigger um, uh, probably a few Man United fans might care to to disagree with that, um, but it's hard. You know, it's hard to argue with his form. Certainly since the turn of turn of the year, the final, the final, the second half of the season, he was one of the standout players in league, and his goals and assists record for those last last few weeks was was remarkable. And and some of the goals he scored were fantastic, important goals, late goals, big goals. Um, uh, you know, on his day, yes, he is, uh, you know, Leon fans won't like me saying it, he is better than Leon, yes. But we, we don't see that often enough. Now, we saw glimpses that he has the ability to string together perform, you know, good performance after good performance at the end of last season. It'll be up to him now to show that he can go away for the summer, not get the move that he might have perhaps wanted, but come back work hard and he's, as he says he'll give 100% well the the proof will be in in the the match on sunday um and we'll see whether he's true to his word on that because there is no reason why he shouldn't be playing as he finished last season um and then if he does well then yeah january a move may come next summer the move may come um he just needs to prove that that he's as good as he says he is week in week out and i i i feel that if he can do that he will get his big move, but for the time being, he just needs to be wary of, of how these comments are, are interpreted. Olas won't have overly liked the way that, that that message came across because it's not the first time that he's said things along those lines. Um, but ultimately, if that's what he needs to do to get things off his chest and, and play as, as well as he did last season, then perhaps Olas won't mind after all. But 
Um, he, it's the consistency. I mean, we've we've said this numerous times with with the pie over the course of his career. But if he can get that consistency, yes, he will get that big move that he wants. Absolutely, and and the important bit as well is to. Uh, to make sure that Leo, Leon keep uh, all those youngsters as well behind him, should he want to go there, it's a little bit more easy for them to to take that blow, despite if he does uh, end up leaving. On to finally a couple of deals that look uh, like they may be in the pipeline, starting with the one at Newcastle. They're looking at um, a well, they've agreed reportedly, uh, according to RMC, a, a provisional contract with 19-year-old Valenciennes defender Siku Niakite. Um, the leader side are looking for about 3 million euros, but the players on Trojan are getting a little bit worried that an agreement with that fee might not be reached in time for that window to close. Valenciennes, a, a pretty reputable side for bringing in a few young players in the past would it be an interesting move for, for Newcastle and investment in their future uh, it would be um, it, it follows the trend that Newcastle seems to be going at the minute is focusing on on a lot of younger um, French players rather than their more established players that they perhaps have gone for before um, he is a good player he's a, he's a you know he's a very solid defender French under 19 um, it, you know the value the the, the value that, that, that Valenciennes place on him, it's, it's not particularly big. It seems a little daft that Newcastle are, you know, if they're interested in the player, what's what's three million for Newcastle? It's not a lot, but of course it's Mike Ashley, so it's he takes it personally if he doesn't get the deal that he he wants. Um, Valenciennes seem willing to sell. They've pretty much given the price. Um, if Newcastle want him, Newcastle will have to pay that for him. Valenciennes don't have to sell him. Um, if anything, um, you know, another season with them or another half season with them will only increase his value. Um, so, I mean, we'll see on that one. I don't think Newcastle are going to have it their way. I think Valenciennes will be quite happy to to say, well, it's three million or it's no deal. Um, but if they do get him, yeah, they get they're getting a, you know, quite a a promising young defender. Um, We'll be interested to see how he could develop at Newcastle. Um, it's sometimes perhaps not the easiest of places to develop as a youngster, but um, you know if they can take him under his wing and, and give him the, the protection that a, any youngster would need, then yeah, they could have a quality defender there. And uh, I think if you walked into a Sports Direct, you might see why uh, um, why the why the uh, owners there at Newcastle might be here. Uh, penny pinching sometimes at least anyway they tend to be but uh, on to finally the move um the, into Liga and that's um Leo signing um Portuguese um youngster Rafael Leao on a free transfer from Sporting Club um one of the players that has sort of released himself for his contract earlier in May given the uh, sort of unpleasant scenes that were happening at their club's training ground so we'll wait and see if Sporting try and maybe do something after that with it being a free deal but um a 19-year-old prospect linked with a lot of big European clubs. Surely that has to be a coup for Lille when when teams like Manchester City, Dortmund and Juventus are all uh, hunting for his signature. It absolutely does. I think it, it represents another really successful, strong signing for Lille who have made a number of really good signings, I think, this summer. Um, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Man City were rumoured to be looking at a 22-23 million pound bid for him. Um, you know, there's quality there. He obviously doesn't quite have the experience yet, but there's enough excitement about him. 
um, that have got those big clubs interested. So it's 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 uh, it's really good for for Lille, obviously, but it's really good for for Ligon as a whole that they've managed to to swoop in there and and, and sign him because he he has at times looked like he could be a very good player in the future. Um, you know, he's got strength, he's got pace. Um, they're in need of that up front, um, Lille. Um, he can play a little out wide, although I'd quite like to see um, Nicolas Pepe, if he remains with Lille, play out there. I think that's a more effective position for him. But to think that that, that, that he and, and, and Leal could form that kind of partnership, I think is 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 potentially really exciting for Lille. Um, and it, it just it, it's another example of the kind of business that actually, where now they've focused on what the real project is, this is the kind of signing that they should have been making last season. Instead of all those, you know, the sheer volume of new young players that they brought in, here is a player that actually, you know what, he is a real talent. Um, they've got him in this season. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I've heard a lot of very positive things uh, about him. And, and you know, you don't get the likes of Man City, Juventus, Dortmund interested in a player like that unless he really does have some potential. And let's hope for Lido's sake that um, he may be one of those players that, compared to some of the ones they had last season, uh, makes it maybe a bit a bit more of an impact, but we'll wait and see. Uh, that's it for this evening. My thanks for to Claudio, Andrew, Rich, and all of you listening at home for your company this evening. Uh, please do join us again tomorrow for the final edition of our Mercato show, because we will be giving you absolutely everything from the barrels of uh, the final day of the English transfer window. is bound to have plenty of repercussions across uh, Europe as well. So do join us then. Have a good evening.